I'm going to predict what I think is going to happen. Okay. I think there's... I've told you literally nothing. You're not going to get it. No, it's fine. I just want to see if I'm anywhere close. Because I feel like this is where your brain would go. It's going to be like Hallmarky, where it's like they go to like a hotel, but like for some reason there's only one room. And so they're like, well, it's fine. Like uh, Hallmark style. That is the description of only one bed. Yeah, but like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I disagree. (laughs) Okay, tell me a not hallmarky version of only one bed. Well, like specifically, it's like they're both um, like going home for the holidays, but like they get snowed in at an inn and there's only one bed because everyone's snowed in. Sort of a like they're trying trying to go home for Christmas and they just can't. And let us. And if I was not looking for a holiday fic, describe to me only one bed. (laughs) They sleep in one bed. It's that there is a there is this extenuating circumstance yes. that means there's only one bed. Or ooh, or maybe someone's taking someone home for Christmas and like, I guess this is weird because I don't want them to be relatives and so that wouldn't work out. But like, yeah, you're someone's home for the holidays. Maybe like someone's friend from college is there, and it turns out you gotta stay in the same bed at your like parents' house. Yes, that is for Christmas. Yes, that's only one bed, Grace. I know. What, I'm Extenu- explaining what I think the fit could be because Christmas is involved. Yes. Am I right? <laughs> no. But yes, but no. It's that you're describing only one bed. It was a dark and stormy night, and Claire brought Grace a fan fiction about two people sharing one bed because the night was so spooky. Can you mention that it's storming? Yeah. We've had so many weird audio problems. Spooky, spooky. Be like, attention, fine pairings listeners. Um, there's a thunderstorm outside, so apologies for any rumblings in the background. There was a tornado warning a few hours ago. It did pass. We are fine. They did. Ex- they did extend it to to later in certain counties, but like in Shit. southern, the southern part of the state. Oh, we're fine. But also, the storm was northern and southern. I'm confused. It was confusing. It was confusingly reported. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a tornado anywhere in the state at any moment. Yeah, great. Figure it out. Makes me nervous. <laughs> I hate it. Welcome to Vine Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. This is a podcast about fan fiction. It's also storming. Uh, so if there's thunder, that's what's up. <laughs> great. Love it. We're not going to try and edit it out. That sounds hard <laughs> and needless. Say that. <laughs> we'll edit it out as able. But we'll, we'll do what we can. But it is nature. We can't do a whole lot about it. We're just in a house. We're only three people. Accurate. Okay, Claire, what are we doing this week? This week, I was tasked with bringing my uh, two draws were Mm -hmm. only one bed. Yes. And a gimlet. Yes. Okay. Do you, what, you have not brought me a traditional gimlet. Can you tell me what a regular gimlet is? Because I don't know off the top of my head. Yes. Here, I will pull a traditional gimlet. I feel like a gimlet actually is 20s. Yes. I don't know that for sure. I just feel like it is. It might be. So a, tradi- so a traditional right gimlet is gin, lime juice, and simple syrup. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yes. I, I don't know why I thought it was like a, more of a martini. It's not a martini. That sounds nice. So yes. It's I a, would drink that. Yeah. It's like a gin margarita. Yeah. But that's because all cocktails are yeah, it's changes of each other. margarita yes. adjacent. Yeah. Cute. So, uh, so... Do you want to hear about, I guess I will, I will tell you about my journey to finding this fic. Yes. And then I will tell you about the fic, which will then lead into the drink. <laughs> okay. That it's one's, be, that one's definitely on the mic. Oh, it's going to be paused. <laughs> pause for lightning and thunder. Pause for thunder. 
Pause for thunder. Uh, so let us start with the, what I searched for. So I've been rewatching Parks and Rec, and we Ooh. have not been we have not done a Parks and Rec fic. And mm. so I was like, I'm going to find a Parks and Rec fic that fits only one bed. Mm, okay. And Did so, you have a ship in mind? No. Ooh. I just went to Parks and Rec, and I was like, I will find what I will find. What was because I know there are there are things that just like have a need for fan fiction, like mm-hmm. boy bands and <laughs> like uh, certain shows. I feel like Parks and Rec isn't necessarily like a fanfic show. So what was like the... Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. It just doesn't have that like, that like <laughs> angst. I don't know. <laughs> like you're right. There's only 2000 Parks and Rec fics. Yeah. And I, I, can't, I don't know if I can, put, maybe because it's like sitcom. So they explore a lot of things or like it'd be difficult to take on and the it, it's that you're right like, tone of the show i don't know yeah you're right there's not a there's not a ton of angst there's not a ton of fix it hey can we i can right. hear i can hear the pitter patter of i know oh so my question was um there's not a lot there's not as many like young hot people there's no like high schoolers or like college age not april a lot of april is and like i'm sure she gets shipped with a lot of weird stuff but yeah. like, what was the prominent things it's on Parks and Rec? The prominent things is Leslie and Ben. Oh, yeah. I find canon couples not as exciting. <laughs> I love canon couples, but I'm an equal opportunity shipper. You know I do that. like Ben and Leslie, though. Yes, it's that it's Ben and Leslie. It's April and Andy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's probably a Retta and any man. Yeah. There's probably just like what she's up to. But, but it's that you're <laughs> that right. That, it's not Vampire Diaries where there's 20,000 fics. And the point of the show is not to ship people. Like no. that is the point of Vampire Diaries. So no. like everyone else just kind of yes anded that in yes. fan fiction. So I love Parks and Rec. And mm-hmm. so I was I like, also I, love Parks and, Rec. and I, the other part is I knew you had seen it. And so I was like, this love is going to require whatever I find. It's not going to require a lot of backstory. I'll get the wings, hopefully. <laughs> yes. And so, so anyway, so I searched uh, Parks and Rec and what I ended up finding, it said, so I, so I read, a, so I did read a couple and then I don't know why the fandom gods shined upon me when I found this fic because I love it so, so much. I have to assume you searched for only one bed. Yeah. Is yes. that the full tag? Like, is that the yes. ta- way the tag is written yes. out? Only one bed? Yes. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. The whole fic is 15,000 words. We will not be reading all of it, but I will be reading uh, part of it on Steam and Cream. Ooh. Because, so what's also funny is, um, so the so the additional tags are alternative universe, historical, mm-hmm. trains, fake marriage, sharing a bed, Christmas, and eventual smut. Ooh. We will read the eventual smut on Eventually. the Patreon. Yes. <laughs> Which according is that which will be on Monday. Great. So don't you worry, guys. Next the fanfic gods smiled upon me. Gave me two things in one. So yeah, so that brings us historical. Like, is it like a Is there someone that likes trains in Parks and Rec? Or am I thinking of a different show? No. Let me read you the summary. So the fic is called Operation Riding the Rails West for Christmas. Okay. The author is Nutrium Addict. Which Nutrium is a candy bar that is basically pure sugar. On oh, Parks yeah. Nutri- okay, okay, yeah. Nutrium by Sweetums. Yeah, of course. So the summary is, it's a few days before... Oh, and also this was a holiday fic for another person. Cute. So I think So I don't remember if this was part of like a gift or just was written for them. But anyway, it's a few days before Christmas, 1948. And Leslie Nope is asked to take a leave of absence from her job after a scandal with co-worker Mark Branzanowitz. Mark is from season one and two. 
Mark. Before Ben arrived, he was like, uh, it's that Leslie and Mark had like kissed and then he like dates Anne for a little bit. He's the city planner. He's not Louis C.K., is he? No. He's just like a boring guy and that's why he's gone after. Like, I mean, fair. That's why I don't remember. <laughs> yes. It's that he's a city planner. So he's like, he's just like very no nonsense compared to everyone else. Sure, sure, sure. And so he leaves. And then when he leaves, that is when Chris and Ben show up mm. in mm. like that mm-hmm. in season okay. three. Okay. So, and then things get good. Good. I mean, season two was also good, but like get really good. Anyway, add to this a historic document that she accidentally on purpose takes with her when she leaves a serendipitous meeting with history professor Ben Wyatt and a train ride West to discover the fate of one of Pawnee's first trailblazing feminists. Ooh. Is this written in like a mid-Atlantic accent? No. Oh, man. So that brings us to our drink. Yeah. So uh, I have qualms. <laughs> not everyone has your qualms, including Leslie Nope and then Josie. Yeah. But I'm surprised you didn't give me something with a waffle. I didn't bring a waffle because oh it's an important part of my fic that I read. Yeah. So okay. Leslie Nope. It's so yes and Grace. I yes. am yes anding. You are no. I don't want to eat. No butting. You are no. Don't make me. That <laughs> when I set this drink down, you said I'm not eating the marshmallow. I can't. <laughs> and I'm just saying that it. What you didn't have to tell me that. Drink every time. I forget I'm a vegan. <laughs> and I'm just. I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't have the vegan marshmallows on it's me fine. at all times. You can eat the mar- now. You get two marshmallows. Isn't that fun for you? <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, can you get on board with my gimlet me s'more? As in, give me some more. Uh-huh. Yep. Get That's it? That's good. That's funny. <laughs> You're really not making me feel no, it like is, I slam dunked funny. this because I fucking slam <laughs> no, dunked this. Slam dunk it. <laughs> because it is a key plot point that Leslie keeps an emergency ration of s'mores with her at all times. Yes, that's very cute. And I so love it. I brought you... A s'more gimlet, which is a creation of my own. I love it. And so it is two ounces of gin, 1.25 ounces of a uh, white chocolate vanilla cream liqueur, Mm -hmm. uh, half an ounce of lime juice, and then two dashes of chocolate bitters. The lime is throwing me a bit. (laughs) Yes. And I want to tell you that this is an interpretation of like other recipes because I was worried that my... Lime white chocolate sounds fine. Yes. It's that it's probably good. But it's that I was concerned. It's probably good. It's that I can't, I haven't had it, Grace. No, it's, I, I understand. That's just really funny. I, t- I, t- I took like a very small taste, so it's not poisonous. Is this, it is this good. is the thing with the chocolate bitters in it, right? Yes, I okay. just, it's the chocolate yeah. bitters in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I really wanted a s'more based drink. Yeah. I had a gin, I had a gimlet, which is gin and lime. I was worried that those flavor profiles weren't going to work, but the internet assured me they will. Okay. So here is Let's my. Trust the internet. Gimlet me s'more. Trust the process. Yep. <laughs> We can't clink because it's got too much stuff on it. it smells like a like a cereal milk. Mm. Also, I f- like cereal milk. Also, I forgot. No, it does not. Mm. I also forgot to tell you that I rimmed the edge with chocolate and graham cracker crumbs. Oh, that is a lot of things. It is way more limey than I would have expected. Gimlets are very limey. Yes, which makes sense. I've never had a lime s'more. The second sip. <laughs> I think that's what's throwing me. It. Man, I gotta, I gotta like reset my, my, my expectations my, and then I think I'll like no, it. No, I was saying my second sip. I was expecting it to be really like, it, it looks really like thick because of the cream, but it's not. It's not a cream liqueur. I know, I know. But like my brain's expecting it to be like, like, like very thick. And it's, yes. It's a normal thickness for a gimlet, I assume. It's like key limey. 
Yeah, it is key lime. Right. It is getting it's like, key lime. This is, okay, this is a chocolate key lime. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It also helps once you again. like breach the graham cracker crust <laughs> edge. Can you pretend it's the Today Show and you're just like, mmm, mm. it's so good. I think I like it, but I can't. <laughs> I do like the rim. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for saying one positive thing about. <laughs> I'm just gonna my snack whole, on this chocolate rim. My whole, my drink, my pairings, my. It's everything. not a bash on you. You haven't even. You hadn't tried it before today. Like we can't expect perfection. <laughs> I'm just saying you've been very negative. I do about- think it is very good considering uh, you made it up and never tried it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let me. Uh, so I was able to get in contact with the uh, author. Nice. So Nutrium Addict goes by she and uh, she and her. I asked her what got her into fanfic writing and why she wrote this particular fic. And so she wrote me back. Uh, fanfic is just fun to read and write. I was definitely a fanfic r- a reader before I ever wrote any. This particular fic, I wanted to write a holiday fic that was flirty and silly for a fellow Parks and Rec uh, fanfic writer. And I knew I wanted to do it to be set on an old timey train. Yes. I always thought the way Parks and Rec depicted past sexism in the town was... I don't want to say funny, but it tried to point out the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. So I wanted to Yes. So I definitely wanted to lean into that here. Um, and then she doesn't really have anything additional to promote. She just says, if you read a fic and you like it, take a minute to leave a comment. Comment and feedbacks and kudos make fanfic writers happy. So let's dive into Operation Writing the Rails, West for Christmas. Um, so yes, so this is uh, a very beautifully written, nearly 16,000 word uh, fanfic. It is six chapters. I will be reading an appropriate amount of that for this. That's episode. not an, an intimidating length in general. Oh no. I read this that just for this podcast. We can't read the whole I, thing. I read this draped over the bench in my dining room. So it was a very comfortable fine. Did read. you read the whole thing? Yes, I did. Nice. Obviously. Yes. Good for you. I read it twice. There is a bonus chapter. <laughs> there's a bonus chapter that is smutty that will end up on the Patreon. Oh, it's a bonus chapter. Yes. Well, fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I read it all. I read it all. I love it. Um, it. Okay, so chapter one. We need to stop meeting like this. Uh, December 21st, 1948. In order to prioritize time, I'm going to kind of skip ahead. Give us an ops. So I'm going to give you some synopsis. So Leslie's on a, she's not fired. She is like taking some time off because of the scandal that she slept with Mark. She works in the 40s. Yes. Good for her. That too. (laughs) So there's so the scandal was that she slept with Mark and she's an mm. unmarried woman and so oh, and so they're scandal. like yes. yes and so they're like we gotta wait till this like quiet da- it quiets down go and to so, the west <laughs> now that's not why she's going to the west oh. <laughs> she was just told to take some time off and she decided to go west. and she has this letter from this woman who lived in Pawnee who was if I'm remembering correctly she was like the first woman to wear pants on like a Sunday or something in her town Cute. and so like. <laughs> And so, like, was effectively banished. Like, I mean, she was going to go to jail or something. And then um, I'm, like, worried I'm saying this wrong. But it's that, so Leslie has this letter and she goes to the archives to, like, uh, look into it more. But because she's a woman, they are, like, we can't let a woman into the library. And she's, like, but I have, like, a PhD. And, like, why can't you let me in here? And, like, this is so dumb. And they're, like, well, you're a woman. We can't let you, like, touch important papers. You can't let you touch things. Yes. But so as she's like arguing with the librarian of, in a very a librarian, you know, the most hated people in all of Pawnee, um, as she's arguing with this librarian, they're like, sorry, man, but you need like a male professor to sign you in to the newspaper archives. Professor Ben Wyatt shows up. 
And he's like, what seems to be the problem here? Like, I will just sign her in. And they're like, you'll be responsible for whatever she does. And he's like, wink, nudge. And like, (laughs) she's like, I don't think I need to be concerned. Here's a line from Leslie. This is a load of applesauce. I'm a citizen of Indiana. This is a public university. You can't keep me from going in here. So Ben signs her in. So she's able to like look up this uh, woman because the woman who wore pants ends up leaving Pawnee and like taking a train by herself to Montana. So that's also scandalous. The letter Leslie has is, Dear Lorraine, as I write this, I'm packing up my belongings and heading west to start a new life. The reporters keep pestering me about my time in jail, and I feel like I can't be happy here. Do I regret wearing pants that one fateful Sunday? Mm. Not really. Although I would have preferred to have not been thrown in jail for four years because of it. Oh, they just can't wear pants on Sunday. 48 is not as old as I'm thinking. The train is really making me think like, like, pioneer. Well, and this... (laughs) Even though the... 1948 was not that long ago. Well, the other part is that this happened decades ago. This this didn't happen. The first woman that wore pants was. Yes. And then was thrown in jail. It's very funny because when because Leslie decides that she she was supposed to have Christmas at Anne's house. And Mm -hmm. so she's like telling Anne that she's like, you know, Anne, like, I really want to just like go to Montana and find out what happened to this woman. They were supposed to uh, ride a train together to like Chicago to spend Christmas with like Anne's extended family. And uh, Leslie is like, what if I pretend like I'm going to have Christmas with you and then I secretly take a different train and Mm. I go to Montana? And I track down this person and see what happened to her because I just want to know if she like lived a good life after right. she left Pawnee. Awesome. And some so, advice about yeah. how to be a feminist. Yeah, she went, yeah, she wants like closure and to like talk to someone that like she admires and Anne finally caves and Leslie makes the plan, which she refers to as Operation Riding the Rails West for Christmas. Perfect. So now we jump in. Eventually, Anne came around to Operation Riding the Rails West for Christmas. In fact, her friend had loaned her some money to procure a private sleeper car on the way there and had given Leslie some money for the same accommodations on the way back too. They made the reservation by telephone in Pawnee and when they got to Chicago, the women shared a quick hug in the crowded train station before Leslie gave the Perkins clan the slip to find her own westward bound train rather than the one heading northeast to Michigan. It had all worked perfectly. That is until about two minutes ago. You have got to be joking. This is my sleeper car compartment. I have a ticket already paid for. It's mine. Leslie practically shouted. She was making a scene, a full-on commotion on the boarding platform for Empire Builder Train West. But she couldn't help it. People were starting to gather and watch, but she didn't care. It wasn't fair. Nothing was fair lately. The train conductor continued to stare at her, unmoved by her outburst. I can assure you that I am not. Are you traveling with your husband? Maybe your father? A Mr. Leslie Nope? He's the one... Maybe a uh, maybe um, Mr. Leslie. Nope. Yes. He's the one who bought the ticket. It's that women aren't allowed to travel alone. Well, so I guess Leslie could be a man's name. So they were yes. just like, this must be a man who's traveling alone. Exactly. He's the one who bought the ticket. Rage. She felt pure rage <laughs> after all of this. And she wasn't even going to get to board the train. She tried again. But it's my private Pullman sleeper car bedroom. I have a reservation and everything. It's all paid for. You can't just. Suddenly, someone was standing next to her, very close to her. Darling, you beat me here. What? What was happening? Leslie turned towards the somewhat familiar voice and it was that professor, the one from Indiana University. Fake dating. (laughs) Ben Wyatt. He was standing right there in his stupid dark coat with his stupid brown eyes and messed up hair staring amusedly at her. And still, he had no hat on. It was winter. Where was the man's hat? (laughs) You're Mr. Leslie Nope? The train man asked, looking a bit skeptical. (laughs) I am. And this is my wife. Um, Esther? Oh, yes, that's me. Also Leslie Nope. We're both right. Leslie. We're both Leslie. She Leslie took and my Leslie. first 
and last name. I am. And this is my wife, um, Esther. Oh, yes, that's me. I'm Esther Nope. I married him. Leslie, right here, she said quickly, deciding to go along with the ruse. And then she kept going. We were childhood sweethearts that stood by each other through <laughs> thick and thin. He's kind of a bad boy with a heart of gold. I'm a gymnast who... <laughs> this is what I'm talking... If you give too much information... Yeah, I know I know you're faking, faking dating. It's too... Got too excited. Just like them boys. <laughs> ben clutched at her hand and squeezed hard, even as he nodded and, and interrupted. I believe my wife has the ticket for our... What was that, dear? Our private Pullman sleeper car bedroom? Leslie started nodding, too. She tried to hand over her ticket again with her free hand, the one that Professor Wyatt wasn't clutching onto. This time, the conductor took her ticket. It only says one passenger, Leslie Nope. It appears that you forgot to include your wife, Esther, on the reservation. Oh, yes. Um, well, can I do that now? One bedroom on the sleeper car to Billings, Montana. That's an extra $28 for your wife, plus the 15% federal government transportation tax, of course. Ben let out a long whistle beside her before he let go of Leslie's hands and got his wallet out. Oh, okay. I think I have that. She watched as her husband started counting out bills and some change. He handed over 3220. There. Can we go to our room now? Did I ask for like an ID or anything? I don't think you understand. Back in the day, fraud happened all the time. This was the 40s. It wasn't the 1800s. I don't think you understand. <laughs> fraud there happened still, all the time. Still Insurance fraud happened into like like oh for sure but i was hoping they'd be like oh can we see some id and they'd be like no let's go (laughs) you used to be able to take out life insurance on other people like into the 80s that's so i could be like i take out life insurance on grace and then you kill me yes (laughs) that is how serial killers were born if i die (laughs) anyway so ben holds hands over exact change because he's a nerd and um (laughs) can we go to our room now i suppose so the conductor stepped aside This way, please. Up the steps and to the right. Room number five. Ben had to let go of her hand and picked up her suitcase, carrying it along with his. Neither spoke as they boarded the train and found the correct sleeper car. But when he shut the compartment's door behind them, he sounded way too tickled by the serendipitous circumstances for her liking. We need to stop meeting like this, Miss Nope. Miss (laughs) Leslie Nope. How did you even know it was me? (laughs) Ben laughed. You're kind of hard to forget, to be honest. (laughs) You look exactly the same as the last time we had an erection. You're kind of hard to forget. To be honest, I recognized your shoes first. He paused and Leslie looked down at the bright red pumps in her feet. Mm. She'd been wearing those the other day at the library too. Plus, he continued, when you started yelling, I really knew it was you. She sighed. She had been fairly cranky lately. But what are you doing here? On the train. Oh, I'm heading to Minnesota to visit my family for Christmas. You're actually going to Montana, huh? She nodded. Well, I'll be on the train overnight. We pull into Partridge mid-morning, Ben said, looking around the small compartment. Looks like we'll be a little cozy in here. Leslie's eyes widened, but she got a hold of herself, refusing to be swindled out of her own sleeping car. Well, that's just fine. You'll notice there's only one small couch that folds down to the bed at, the, at night. The one bed. Now is the professor's turn to look a little uncomfortable. Oh, well, um, I do hope you don't snore, Leslie told him, and then turned to unbutton her coat, remove it, and set it down on the small sofa. Well, 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 how the table seemed to have turned, she thought. Now Professor Wyatt was the one seeming uncomfortable. Check and mate. Question for you. How often is only one bed associated with some kind of fake dating? What's the like over under? It's, it's that only one bed is not 
I would say it's not very common for it to also be. Uh, I guess it depends on, again, what is the shenanigans that got them to only one yeah, bed? Yeah, because I'm trying to think of a situation in which like, because that makes sense being like, oh, we had to pretend to be a couple and therefore they only gave us one bed. And so we have to continue being in this one bed or like the proposal style. Like here's we know you're probably having sex. Here's a bedroom. It's fine. And I would say it's not very common because hmm. it's more like, have you seen the movie Planes, Trains and Automobiles? No. It's like Steve Martin and like there's only one bed because they miss their they miss their plane connection. So they go to the hotel mm. the ho- or the motel. The motel is overbooked and they only have one room. And so they go to the hotel room and there's only one bed. Yeah. It's just one like queen size bed. Okay. So it's that only one bed can be like. Travel we accommodations. Yes. Be like we were two business. We were two business partners and a mistake happened when uh, they got to the okay. hotel and they actually only booked one room. Mm. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Like we don't have another room available until tomorrow and it's then like a not sur- not necessarily like survival but like it's a faux pas of some kind yes it's follow-up question yeah it's that shenanigans <laughs> it's that shenanigans because you're right it can be fake dating like, it seems like that'd be the easiest way and it's that i guess i don't see it it's that there's a lot of ways to get there yeah and so i don't think that i need like, to explore this tag more <laughs> yes it's that i don't think the, it's that i don't think it's important to have the fake dating mm. to get there follow-up question yes. me and josie had a mic off mic conversation about this does this or not fall in the venn diagram of only one bed the trope of we need to share body heat to survive yes okay (laughs) good (laughs) so i was like that's like the most extreme version of only one bed yes it's that only one bed is sometimes also tagged as bed sharing Mm, okay as i said at the top of the episode the tag for only one bed is classified as sharing a bed only one bed gets pulled into sharing a bed. Yes. So you can't. So the way archive of our own works is that if you type only one bed, which when I just started typing into the tag uh, bubble, mm. then I saw that the list. Like it's that I saw the secondary. list and I was like, okay, sharing the sharing a bed is the choice. Yes. And so yes, sharing body heat fits into sharing a bed. <laughs> sharing body heat, you're probably sharing a bed. <laughs> it's that again, or the, some the, other sleeping accommodation. Yes. Again, the larger the larger trope is. For some reason, we are forced into an intimate situation. Yes, against forced intimacy to make yes. us confront feelings. Yes, yes, correct. Plot device. Yes, that was the end of my questions. There you go. <laughs> anyway, well, well, well. How the table seemed to have turned. She thought. Now, Professor Wyatt was the one seeming uncomfortable. Check and mate. I was just trying to help you out, really. I'm not going to. She raised an eyebrow at him. Going to what? Um. Look, we can. I mean. He sighed, visibly flustered now. I was only teasing you a little at first. We can pretend to get into a spat and I'll go out to the coach car. I have a seat reserved out there anyway. I won't stay in here overnight, you know, with you. I'd be a perfect gentleman if I did, of course, but I don't want to um, do anything to tarnish your virtue. Ha! Too late, buddy. Oh no, did she say that out loud? My virtue is already tarnished. Get out. Yep. (laughs) Ben made a face. Ha! Too late? Leslie thought quickly. Oh, I mean, ha, huh, it's fine. It's too late because uh, married. I uh, married. Ben, Ben's eyes widened. Uh-huh. At her, but Ben's eyes widened at her small lie. What? Then where's your actual hus? No, no. I mean, I was married. That's my reputation. Yeah. Yep. I'm a widow. He died in an explosion at the new rubber nipple factory back in Pawnee. Yeah. Dead. He's dead. So very dead to me. Also, so many parts. They found parts of him in Eagleton, even his stupid man parts. Very Leslie. Yeah, this is very Leslie. Very Leslie. I love it. It's that she uh, gets swept. Yeah. She gets swept up into married. a story and a lie. Uh, Too many details. Was it possible for Ben's eyes to get even wider? Why, yes. Yes, it was. His 
man parts? <laughs> now it was Leslie's turn to blush. No, his feet. I meant his feet. I don't know what happened to his penis or his <laughs> testicles. All right. Ben said okay. slowly. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ben said slowly, nodding, still looked a little shocked and confused. <clears throat> oh, what the applesauce. She was on the lam with a stolen document and she wasn't even a virgin anymore. She was a rebel, a lady explorer with a private sleeper car and a westbound locomotive and an unexpected companion of the opposite sex. Apparently, Leslie Nope was now also the kind of woman who said words like penis and testicles to a man she hardly knew. <clears throat> she narrowed her eyes, willing herself to stop feeling the rush of heat to her face. Are you impressed that I know what they're called? The parts in the groinal <clears throat> region? Penis. Testicles. She's an adult. It's the 1940s. That was not that long. <laughs> Grace, they didn't... Health class, they separated them. I guess. You didn't know... Knowing what they were called is especially funny, And you wouldn't, you wouldn't have said... And she's married. Yes. Or in theory. <laughs> yes. It's the, I will put this into perspective, Grace. In present day, yeah. my mom, a gynecologist, has had patients who were struggling to conceive mm. because they were doing sex wrong. Yeah. One of her patients referred to they it, gave it as a weird her, nickname. her uvula. She said, my uvula hurts. Oh, no. What was... She, did she mean urethra? No, she meant vulva. Oh, no. Oh, no. And she said uvula, which is the dangly thing in the back of your throat. Uh, famously. <laughs> but it said it sounds kind of similar. Vulva, uvula. You, uv... Yeah. I guess... That's a thing. But that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's that it's not that people are dumb. I know. It was I the, just don't like that. It was the forties. Women were not allowed to travel alone without their husband or a male or companion. Or know what a testicle was. Yes. So I'm just trying to remind you that she's actually being very scandalous. Yes. No, I know she's being scandalous. It's just funny that she's like doubling down and being like, What? You didn't think I knew what a testicle was? No. <laughs> well, and that's also a very like even, I do. Well, even the actual parks and rec, like I can see Modern day Leslie Nope in Parks and Rec also does yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Because Pawnee is like a funny backwards town. Yes. So, which is why with it works no so well. <laughs> yes, which is why it works so well with yeah. this historical setting. This is good. Slowly, the professor's grimace turned to another one of his amused smiles. Uh, sure. Although I would have also accepted testes. Leslie frowned. What's that? Another word for testicles. Okay, that's fine. We can change the subject now. <laughs> why, Esther? Leslie asked, changing the subject. He looked confused again. So she added, for my name out there. You said Esther. Oh, that was the first lady's name I could think of. Also, I think it's pretty. Leslie nodded, assuming at least half of it was due to a statuesque brunette actress, Esther Williams. She sighed and looked around at the tight space of their train compartment. Look, let's be sensible, grown-up adults here. The conductor already thinks you're my husband, and it would be a lot more believable if we stayed together. Besides, I'm assuming that your seat out there is reserved under your real name, and he thinks you're Leslie Nope now. It's only overnight. You, sh you should stay in here. It's okay. We can share the room. Are you sure? She nodded. Leslie was sure. She was blazing her own trail, after all. Chapter 2 So you're going to Montana to try and find out what happened to Dorothy Everton Smythe? That's the feminist that she's mm -hmm, my own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The train compartment's bed, when pulled out and turned down, was a, was a double. Quite luxurious for one, but a little on the snuggly side for two strangers. <laughs> They'd eventually agreed to hang a blanket from some, from some clotheslines stretched up high near the ceiling mm. of the compartment, effectively dividing the bed in half with a makeshift curtain. Smart. Sort of like in the movie, it happened one night. Ben seemed surprised that she was carrying clotheslines in her suitcase, but he seemed to be even more surprised that she was traveling with emergency s'mores rations as well. <laughs> Hence the give me some yeah, s'more. The package of campfire marshmallows was large and bulky, but necessary. I the s'more was invented. 
This is my like writer brain being like, I've had to look up really dumb things to be like, this is set in the 50s. 1927. Okay, good. Accurate then. Oh, the exact date s'more, the exact date s'mores were invented remains a mystery. The first formal recipe for the treat, then called some mores, is recorded in the 1927 book, Tramping and Trailing with the Girl Scouts. The original (laughs) recipe calls for 16 graham crackers, 16 marshmallows, and eight bars of chocolate broken in two. Tramping! We're tramping through the, the bush. bush. That's fair. It's it's not that. Yes, it's funny, but it's also that what they said. When you think about it, it does really sound like a 20s treat of like, what's the cheapest things we can smash together? Well, and like marshmallows were like a medicinal thing and like oh, yeah. they treated like sore throats and things. It was like a bark, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that has been around longer and <laughs> was like a Victorian medicinal thing. So and graham crackers, I think, were another like anti-masturbation snack. Yeah. So that sounds right. Good times all around. Another like the Kellogg's, <laughs> like how not Frosted Flakes, the other one. No. Um, do you not know this? This is wild. No, I do. Not what? Know this. How do you not know this? Okay, so Kellogg, the guy who owned, uh, who started Kellogg's, who makes like Frosted Flakes and Mini Wheats and all that shit. Corn, uh, corn flakes. Corn flakes. That's what it was. He thought that the reason people were masturbating is that they were too uh, excited by things in their daily life like sugar mm-hmm. so he made cornflakes to be the most bland food Went high in fiber but bland bland so that people wouldn't be for a be- lack of a better word aroused by how sugary it was so to that they would be less down. likely to masturbate yep that's why kellogg's exists yep. i'm not lying it's, it's a real yeah, it's a real thing there's a whole episode of drunk history on it too yeah Yep. And the idea behind the now popular snack was started by Reverend Sylvester Graham, a reverend, a Presbyterian minister from Connecticut who was convinced that sexual urges, including masturbation, were making people physically ill and leading to depravity. So he made graham crackers. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to burn in hell. I got to make a snack that'll stop them from masturbating. That's my God given purpose on this earth. Can you imagine inventing a cereal? So Specifically so people it. wouldn't masturbate. You are going through this in a very backwards way. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Back to s'mores, which are delicious. Uh, So yeah, so Leslie's carrying a masturbate. The chocolate and the marshmallow (laughs) jazz you back up. It balances us out. (laughs) So right back up. It's an upper. It's an upper. (laughs) Give me some s'more. Arouses my taste buds. Mm But he seemed to be even more surprised that she was traveling with emergency s'more rations as well. The package of campfire marshmallows was large and bulky, but necessary. She told him as much, all while he looked at her confusedly and asked, with a fair amount of sarcasm, if she was planning on doing some camping while in Montana. Now, after a late dinner, here they were, side by side on the narrow bed, arms touching but not able to see one another. Leslie had quickly changed into her pajamas behind the curtain, leaving some of her undergarments in place. Ben seemed to get ready for sleep just as quickly as she did, hidden on his own side of the bed. It was quiet for a few minutes, both of them lying there and listening to the train make its steady pace through Wisconsin. I'm not really married, she said finally, breaking the silence. I mean, I've never been married. I made that up so you wouldn't be uncomfortable to stay with me here and pretend we're married. (laughs) He jumps out of the bed. There was a moment of silence before he responded. I kind of figured that. You don't seem like a widow. Plus, the factory explosion seemed a little far-fetched even for Pawnee. Mm. Leslie sighed. But you don't have to worry about my virtue or my reputation. It's already in tatters. I don't have any virtue left. <laughs> it's gone. She had no idea why she was telling him this. She hardly knew him. She hardly knew, uh, she hardly knew him and she was lying in a bed with him. Why not confess her deepest, darkest secret too? 
Leslie continued. I work, well, I'm not sure I work there anymore, but I did work at Pawnee City Hall. And there was this man, Mark Brandanowitz, and I thought he cared about me. And there was a party one night and I had two whole glasses of champagne and we started kissing in Circle Park. He walked me home. That doesn't sound too bad. It was only kissing. That's not completely tattering. Well, hold on to your hat because then we went back to his house instead and had relations Mm. with his penis and everything. With his penis and everything. Leslie whispered that last bit. Oh. And even his testicles were involved. All parts of his... His man bits. His weird man parts. His man parts. All of his man parts were in relation with my not man parts. Exactly. And so my virtuous debtors. Exactly. Oh, Ben trailed off and left it at that. She didn't blame him. Of course, it all happened so fast. I didn't even really like it all that much. Well, never Aww. mind that, but I thought he liked me. I thought we'd get married, but that's not happening. So it doesn't matter what I thought. And now I'm a fallen woman on a quest to uncover the history of another fallen woman. Hmm. Dorothy Everton Smythe? Leslie sat up in a rush and pulled their blanket back so she could look at him. How do you know? Ben smiled sleepily at her. It was a very nice smile. You left the newspapers you were looking at on the refilling shelf after you left. I was curious. That one with the article about her was on top. Lady Pantswearer dons traveling pants, leaves the nest, and heads west for the best? It was a catchy headline. I memorized it. Mm. Yes, the Pawnee Journal likes their rhymes. In 1912, Dorothy Everton Smythe spent four years in jail for wearing pants on a Sunday. She was a bit of a trailblazer. She managed not to add, like me, onto the end of that. Let me guess. After that, Pawnee women were allowed to wear pants on Sunday, right? Oh, no. (laughs) No? No. There was even more of a backlash. Now it's illegal to wear pants Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. The law is still on the books today. I would never be able to keep track of that. (laughs) You'd figure it out. You would just... I would just stop wearing pants because I'm like, I don't know what day it is. I'm sorry. I don't want to get arrested. Right. I forgot it was Thursday. Be like, damn it. The law is still on the damn books it. today. But in 1916, after she got out of jail, she left town for good, heading to Montana so she could wear her beloved pants every day of the week. I want to know what happened to her. I want it to be something good. And I have some time now. She mumbled that last part. Ben nodded and Leslie couldn't help but notice how cuddly his plaid flannel pajamas looked. <laughs> the newspaper said Billings. Right. That's where I'm heading. So you're going to Montana to try and find out what happened to Dorothy Everton Smythe? Yes, I pretty much got let go from my job, so it seemed like as good a time as any to go on an adventure. You had a job, and now you don't? Why? Now Ben was sitting up too and staring at her. Because of, you know, the scandal. People saw me leaving his house in the morning. It got around town. Mr. Swanson, my boss, he said I should take some time off until the gossip settled down. But I'm not sure I can go back there. Really, it's a miracle I wasn't set adrift on Lake Michigan like a human popsicle. That also happened in Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. Ben made a face. What? Never mind. It's a Pawnee thing. (laughs) Well, that's definitely not fair that you lost your job. Leslie appreciated his words, but she shrugged. When she got back to Indiana, she'd figure out how to stop her reputation from being destroyed. But right now, she'd let that take a backseat to her current mission. The man you work with, Mark? He, um, didn't force... No, no, it wasn't like that. I was a little tipsy, and I knew what I was doing. I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing, but uh, I had an idea of what was happening. And then, by the time it stopped being so uncomfortable, it was over. It didn't really last that long, which seemed good. Honestly, I don't get the big deal is about. <laughs> but she will. <laughs> That's for the Patreon. So them girls. Boom, boom, pow, pow. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. 
They're going to have sex. <laughs> I spoiled that at the top of the episode. Eventually. <laughs> and the tag, eventual smut. Uh, yes. Ben was quiet for a few seconds, just staring at her. I'm sorry. And then he started avoiding me at work, and when he did finally say something to me, it was only to make sure there wasn't going to be a baby. Her bedmate mm. was frowning again. There's not, right? You're okay? Leslie I don't snorted. know. It's the 40s. <laughs> Leslie snorted. Yes, I had my, you know, a couple weeks later. Oh, right. Good. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? He nodded. Yes. Do you? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure you... You had your menstrual cycle, Ben said quickly, blushing a bit. I get it. I understand human biology. That <laughs> uh, was her turn to nod and blush. Tag... Period. Typical awkwardness. <laughs> exactly. Her own sleep attire was a pair of light cotton polka dot pajamas. She tended to get warm while she slept. That did not reveal very much at all. But still, she suddenly felt a little bit exposed. Okay. This was a very strange conversation to have with someone I just met. Before bed. Well. In the bed. In the bed. Well, we are married, my dear. <laughs> Leslie smiled and settled back down. So did Ben. She slid the little curtain back across, giving them some privacy. It was still definitely odd, but the more she really thought about it, she didn't actually feel all that embarrassed to have told him everything. She should be completely mortified, but she wasn't. Good night, Leslie, she said softly. Good night, Esther, Ben replied. <laughs> da 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 Cute. This was nuts. In three hours, they were going to be pulling into the station at Partridge, and he'd be spending the holidays with his family. But truth be told, Ben really did not want to go. He knew that his parents would be fighting viciously and passive-aggressively the whole visit, mm, and his brother okay. and sister-in-law, his brother and sister-in-law Yvette, Henry had met her in France during the war. He returned home missing an arm, but he gained a wife. Had just had a baby, Georgianne. His little sister Stephanie had recently gotten engaged too, which meant that Ben's mother was was constantly going to be asking him when he was going to be settling down as well. By Christmas morning, someone, his dad, would have locked himself downstairs in the basement to drink scotch and listen to jazz records, and someone else, his mom, would have thrown at least three plates against the wall. If they were lucky, they wouldn't be plates full of holiday food. Ladies Ladies and gentlemen, the Wyatt family. No, that did not sound appealing at all. Although he did want to meet his new niece and soon-to-be brother-in-law, of course, he just didn't want to do it surrounded by a lot of yelling and his parents' unpleasantness. He kind of wished they would just split up and go their separate ways, but neither seemed willing to admit defeat and be scandalized by divorcing. But divorce wouldn't be invented for 30 more years. (laughs) Even though they clearly hated one another. Instead of that whole mess, what he wanted was to stay on the train with his odd and beautiful woman he had just met. They'd go all the way to Montana, and not only because he accidentally saw her only in her dress slip garters and nylons this morning. Ooh, damn. Mm-hmm. That sounds hot. <laughs> Although, that certainly didn't hurt anything. Mm. It also wasn't just because he was concerned about her traveling by herself. Although he was. Mostly, it was just because he liked her. He liked her a lot. But mostly the garters. Mostly <laughs> <laughs> in the nylons. Uh, 90% garters, 10%. I hope she's Okay. <laughs> Leslie Nope was a passionate and driven and so refreshingly different. She was smart and interested in history and politics like he was. And last night, after she had told him about her unfortunate personal situation, they had said their goodnights. They'd started talking again. For over an hour, they had discussed last month's stunning presidential election. Both had voted for Harry S. Truman, though Leslie admitted that she had a bit of a crush on Henry Wallace, FDR's <laughs> one-time vice president. That's Joe Biden. Yeah. She has a crush on Joe Biden. In yeah. The, okay. That makes sense. That's in the show. That's... Yeah. They... <laughs> They could have just been like Joe Biden, who was a youth. She always says things like, (laughs) I she's always like, I wish she had the face of Ben and the body of Joe Biden. Yes. And you're like, okay. Uh, Do you mean the opposite? No, no. (laughs) 
She almost voted for the Progressive Party candidate, but at the last minute, she decided to support the incumbent. Ben couldn't even remember the last time he had had such a substantive and fun conversation with a woman. Hmm. Since the war ended and he had come back home, he had spent the last three years going through the motions of finishing his... Oh, Ben his would not do well at war. <laughs> no. Uh, he had spent the last three years going through the motions of finishing his PhD and then teaching at Indiana University. But it was like Ben almost forgot what it felt like to be really happy, to feel relaxed, to feel anything that didn't somehow remind him that he had come home whole and his brother did not. His brother is armless. Ah, yeah, yeah, yes. Not dead. One arm. Just, yes, one. one. Lost an arm, gained a wife. <laughs> yep. But now, just being around Leslie, he seemed lighter somehow. Whereas the thought of spending time in Partridge with his family kind of made Ben feel like he swallowed a very heavy rock. Plus, Leslie had pretty blonde hair, and as he learned this morning, had read a rather impressive number of political biographies. He was still thinking about her and smiling when the door to their compartment opened. Heidi ho, she said by way of greeting and held a coffee cup out to him. Oh, thanks. I got it from the dining car. The porter's going to bring some waffles and sausage in a bit so we can have breakfast. Waffles! So what's on your mind, Professor White? Thinking about Christmas with your family? Yes, I am. We get to Partridge in three hours. Look, I... It's fine. Don't worry about me. I have a plan. I'll say you aren't feeling well. I'll leave the bed pulled down and put pillows under the covers. Tell anyone that asks about my husband that you're sleeping. Piece of cake. Hmm, I could really go for some cake. <laughs> ben laughed. That was another thing. She seemed to have quite an insatiable sweet tooth. All right, but here's an even better idea. I could just stay on the train and come with you. What? I could stay on the train and come with you, Ben repeated. It's only one more night, and then we get to Billings. We'll try to find out what happened to Dorothy together. I can help. Besides, Montana should be beautiful this time of year with all the snow. Mm -hmm. Leslie made a surprised face at him. Doesn't Minnesota get a lot of snow? Yeah, it's not the same. It's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> There's no mountains. It's just on trees. It's a prairie. In the streets. Yeah. Have fun. To prove her point, she drew aside the shade in their compartment. And yeah, sure enough, there was snow. A lot of it. But he found himself wanting to be where she was. And where she was heading was two, was two states west of Minnesota. But there are mountains in Montana. It's completely different snow. True, she said, returning his smile. Leslie seemed to consider his offer for only the briefest of moments before she told him, you're right, you should probably come with me. Chapter three. <laughs> oh, and this, is, this is the last chapter we'll read. Mm -hmm. Chapter three. Oh, I've always wanted to read War and Peace. Is it any good? The second night on the train, the curtain dividing the bed went back up. Is that the title? Yes. Oh, okay. Chapter three. Oh, I've always wanted to read War and Peace. Is it any good? Yeah, it makes more sense. It's like, that's a weird place to just jump in. <laughs> nope. That's the chapter title. There we friend. go. There we go. <laughs> the second night on the train, the curtain dividing the bed went back up as they passed through western Minnesota and then into North Dakota. Sharing a room and a bed with Ben at this point seemed, well... It still felt a bit strange, but she was definitely getting used to having him around. They enjoyed their evening meal in the dining car, seated with an older couple traveling to Seattle, and by the time Leslie had ordered her second dessert, she had, a, she had had a whole background fleshed out for her in bed. Well, Leslie and Esther, rather. For the most part, he let her develop her backstory for their marriage as she saw fit, but he did squeeze her knee under the table a couple times to rein her in when she got a bit carried away. There's an explosion. <laughs> to her surprise. Squeeze. All right. <laughs> To her surprise, Leslie found that she kind of liked it when he did that, which is probably why Ben almost ended up as an amateur rocket scientist by the time the meal was finished. What? His career. Ah. As an oh, oh, she... Okay, I'm back on board. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand the euphemism. It's not a euphemism. No, it's not she a just euphemism. Was She's like, just saying, he's a PhD and a rocket scientist. Shh, shh, shh. Stop. Like, stop, 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 stop. But now, as Leslie got comfortable on her half of the small bed, she couldn't help but think back to the only other man she'd ever shared a bed with, Mark. Mm. She had been tipsy, and looking back, Leslie was pretty sure he had been a bit sauce too. At least she hoped he had been. 
Once inside his house, they'd kissed and he had fumbled with the buttons on her dress. Then, when they'd gotten to his bedroom, he fumbled some more with her garters and girdle and panties. There was more kissing, and then he had squeezed her chest a bit, and then he pushed inside without even bothering to help her get her girdle off. Oh my god. Even though it wasn't very romantic or meaningful in retrospect, and he definitely wasn't going to marry her, now Leslie wasn't quite sure she'd take the experience back if she could. Yes, it made her life a bit difficult as of late, but it also led her down the road to this adventure. And it was at least good to know what all the fuss was about, even if it had been a bit of a letdown. Hey, that does sound very disappointing. Yeah. Hey, Ben interrupted her thoughts. Knock, knock. Yes? He slid their little fabric partition back so they could look at one another. I was thinking of turning off the light. Is that okay with you? She nodded and put her book down on her suitcase next to her side of the bed. Yes, we should probably try to get some shut eye. Big day tomorrow. Leslie was pretty sure she couldn't sleep yet, but Ben did look tired. She started to slide their dividing curtain back when she stopped. There was one thing that had been bothering her. That day we met, back in the library? Yes. You were laughing at me, she said it like an accusation rather than a question. Ben sat up. What? When? When you told that horrible librarian what a, that I was just researching. You were trying not to laugh. No, I wasn't laughing. Or if I was, I certainly wasn't laughing at you. I thought you were a real honey. You know, you were very cute. <laughs> Ben blurted out. Cute like amusing? As in, oh, look, a girl's trying to research? Ben shook his head adamantly. No, not at all. Cute like, hey, I really wish I could get to know that attractive and smart woman. And I don't know, maybe be pretend married to her. <laughs> Leslie, could happen. <laughs> could happen. Leslie laughed at response. Okay, but tell me, what is your opinion on ladies wearing pants? <laughs> ben grinned. Well, I do admit that I like ladies in dresses and skirts, he said, but paused to take a subtle glance down at her body. But I also like ladies in polka dot pajamas. Aww. That said, although a bit unorthodox, I have no issues with, no, with a lady wearing pants. Women should be able to wear what they want, especially if they were, say, roller skating in the park or something like that. Hmm. Okay. That was a bit odd at the end, but you pass. We can, ke- we can <laughs> Is keep... Is that a pretend- reference to something specific? No. No. <laughs> He's just a weird man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a bit odd at the end, but you pass. We can keep <laughs> pretending to be married. She watched now as he laughed. That was the test of our fake marriage? What if I had said I didn't think women should be allowed to wear pants? We would have gotten fake divorced. Leslie's eyes narrowed at him. Do you really want to find out? Maybe I'd kick you out of your room and you'd be stuck wandering the hallways in your pajamas all the rest of the way to Montana. You'd have to sleep in the lounge car. No, thank you. I think I'd much rather stay here in a nice warm bed next to my wife, he said, still clearly amused. Good night, dear. Good night, honey, Leslie responded with a giggle, sliding her curtain back in place. Cute. Pretending Ben Wyatt was her husband was kind of fun, she thought, as she looked up at the ceiling and smiled. In the morning, Leslie became aware of two things, one right after the other. The first was that even though she hadn't been very tired when they had said goodnight, she must have immediately dozed off, because she was now on her side and looking towards the window in their compartment. When Ben had turned out the light, she had been on her back. The second thing that Leslie noticed was that Ben's arm was wrapped around her, his palm conveniently cupping one of her breasts. Ooh. Her eyes opened all the rest of the way a at that scandal. discovery. Oh, it gets worse. Oh no, his or, other hand's on her coochie. Or better. <laughs> no, that is no. not where it is. Her eyes opened up all the rest of the way at that discovery. Not that it didn't feel nice, because actually, it did. The man had a very nice warm hand, especially since it was wrapped up in a blanket. Also, something was poking against her rear end. Mm. She, wiggled ba- she wiggled back a little and got a sleepy little moan from her companion. Mm. Leslie's jaw dropped open. Was that his... Yep, Leslie thought. That was probably his penis. <laughs> Anne had told her once that sometimes men had that situation in the morning. Because as a nurse, she worked at Pawnee... Oh, worked good. At she Pawnee- has Anne. <laughs> Yes. They worked at Pawnee St. Joseph Hospital. Anne knew all kinds of important things like that. 
Ben was obviously asleep, so it wasn't like he was trying to get fresh with her. Besides, the bed was awfully small. Where, alf- where else was his penis supposed to go? Besides, in my butthole. It's not in his her butt. It's just poking her butt. Don't be gross, Grace. She tried to turn her head uh, on the pillow without no, waking... They're both wearing clothes. I know. It's fine. It's not that kind of thick, Grace. <laughs> Ooh, a poke in the butt. Grace is taking this to a different place. It's late at night. <laughs> she tried to turn her head on the pillow without waking him up, and from what she could see, it appeared as though Ben had pulled their blanket curtain all the way down in his sleep, because he was now practically rolled up in it as he cuddled, as he cuddled her from behind. She sure hoped he could breathe okay with a blanket over his face. Maybe she should try to wake him up? Leslie pushed back gently, just a little nudge, really. And this time, in response, she got a push back, as well as a squeeze from his hand. Oh, dear. Ooh. Well, that wasn't quite working. She cleared her throat and then wiggled again, harder. In response... Ahem. <laughs> in response, Ben seemed to stir. And then... What's happening? Oh, my God. Where am I? Oh! Yes, he seemed to be waking up now. Good morning, Leslie said with an exaggerated yawn, but not turning over yet. I think our curtain fell down. Yeah, yeah, he fumbled, and then he quickly moved his hand from her, with his penis quickly following suit. Um, Retracting backwards. um, Oh, God, I was asleep. I was asleep, I swear. Oh, me too. I just woke up this very second. You did? (laughs) Yes, she confirmed. Uh Just now, right now. I, um... I fell asleep with a book in the bed. I actually um, think I might still be asleep. I'm sleepwalking. Oh, where am I? <laughs> I uh, I fell asleep with a book in the bed. Oh, how strange. It was right here between us. Just in case you woke up and felt something, it was a book. War and Peace. <laughs> she had just put her hand over her mouth to keep from laughing. That was no book that she had felt. And besides, last night he had bar- borrowed one of her Batman Christmas-themed comics to read. But it was sweet he was trying to pretend that War and Peace had been standing up and poking against her behind. Still, she couldn't resist teasing him a little. She turned over to look at him. Oh, I've always wanted to read War and Peace. Is it any good? Ben's eyes widened. He was way over on his side, still facing her with the blanket bunched around his middle. Uh-huh. He moved back so far she was surprised he hadn't ended up on the floor yet. Oh, well, I don't have it anymore. It fell off the bed. She nodded. And disappeared to the outside. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. She nodded. Do you want me to look for it? No, no, that's okay. I'll get it later. Hey, is it time for breakfast yet? You like waffles. We should get waffles. Mmm, waffles. <laughs> Leslie smiled and sat up, deciding it was time to put on her robe and visit the ladies' washroom down the corridor. Ben seemed like he might need a little privacy before breakfast. And that's where we will end. And I will cover more of it on the Patreon. To be continued. Because, because yes, they, your teaser here is that they get to Billings and then they get trapped in a blizzard Ooh. in a house. And they continue to be fake married. Because she still can't get a room by herself because she's a whammon. And then smutty things smutty. happen. There we go. Operation Riding the Rails West for Christmas. That was really fun. (laughs) I liked it a lot. Good Mm -hmm. job. Good find. Thank you. Way to be blessed by the AO3 gods. Yes, I loved it so much. As I said, I read it twice because I just, I loved it. It was perfectly in Leslie and Ben's voice. Even Anne is very Anne. And so it was, yes, it was great. And the smut is very good. And uh, they do eventually find. Uh, is the smut like smutty smut or is it like kind of half comedy, like 
No, it's smutty smut. That's funny because this the vibe of this was very a, a, an episode of Parks and Rec. Yes, and I'm curious to see how that translates into full smut. It's still very much in their voices. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, that sounds. I'm really excited. That so sounds fun. The way it starts. Here's your tease. It's the way it starts. Is that when they're trapped in this house in the blizzard, mm-hmm. they do that thing that they did in the episode when they were secretly dating, and they go, "This is how Eleanor Roosevelt would kiss." Uh, this Ew. is how, Ew. which is a thing that actually happened yeah. in the actual episode was <laughs> they got caught on a voicemail being like, and this is how, like, and this is how FDR Dwight would kiss. Dwight D. Eisenhower would kiss. And, and this is how Taft would kiss. Yes. And so they're doing that. And then it gets, and then it <laughs> gets, and kiss. then it gets smutty. And then in the bonus chapter, Leslie is introduced to uh, pants kissing. She reads about it in a letter. It's oral, Grace. It's oral. Oh, okay. I was... It's oral. Fair. Don't I was be like, a Leslie. Leslie was like, what is this? And Ben was like, do you want me to show you? I'm, I'm just trying to tease. I don't need to like... No, you know, I, I'm excited to get into the full thing. So yes, that will be happening on that the Patreon really fun. on Monday. Yes. Ah, exciting. I'm excited to hear you <laughs> lay that out for me. So yes, that was my Gimlet and only one bed fic. Beautiful. So, Grace, mm-hmm. what did you have selected for next week? Okay, this is going to be a special treat. So uh, I don't think editor Josie was the only person to suggest this tag, but she was definitely one of the people to suggest this tag, which was either Renaissance Fair or Renaissance AU something Renaissance based. <laughs> yes, I love it. And the cocktail I pulled was the Negroni. <laughs> Goddamn Negroni. Revenge of the Negroni. My nemesis. (laughs) I love a Negroni. And I found something very fun uh, that (laughs) managed to combine those two things in a way I was not expecting, but I was pleasantly surprised by. I'm excited. Yes. So come back next week to enjoy the Negroni Renaissance combo platter. Return of the Negroni. Return of the Negroni. (laughs) And in the meantime... Go too ahead. Negroni, too furious. <laughs> too groany, too furious. Yes. I'm trying to think of other sequels. So you might as well, while we're on the topic of the Patreon, just go ahead, go over, subscribe to that right now so that you can uh, be there when we put up the second part to this fic, which is the full smut. You can do that by visiting the links in the down below of uh, pretty much any, any description of any episode. Uh, the link tree in our bios, etc. Or you can just type in patreon.com slash podcast. Other ways that you can help us out is we would love if you would leave us a a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people find our podcast and it is delightful for us. If you leave us a a five-star review, uh, you are entitled to collect the reward of a 500-word fic uh, that you can request anything you would like Grace or I to write, and we will work on that for the end of the season. No promises, we'll know what it is. Yes. (laughs) We will try. Yes, and if you do write us a five-star review and would like a fic, or if you would like to engage with us in any other way, please reach out to us at our Gmail at finepairingspodcast at gmail.com or on our social medias at Fine Pairings Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and Facebook, or on Fine Pairings Pod on Twitter. Woo, and that's all. Mm-hmm. There we go. Happy December. I was going to say happy Christmas, but we have like three more episodes <laughs> before it's Christmas. <laughs> so yes. never mind. Happy snowy thunderstorm. Happy, happy. Have a good snow. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.